Hi, I'm Beth Guckenberger, and welcome to the Punch First Podcast. I still think we should call it Fight Club. <laughs> this is your Fight Club podcast. Oh, today's day five. I have here with me my husband, Todd, and I invited him because I wanted to continue to model what it looked like to have conversations of substance about the kind of content that we recorded here in the Punch First Journal. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that people are having a chance to talk about it with their friends and sit with some of those exercises. And today we're going to talk about this really complex concept about the difference between I thought we were talking about marriage (laughs) super simple conversation like the difference between guilt and shame and conviction and oh I want to back up for a minute and say that I used to have a radio show on XM for a while and for some reason we thought it was a great idea to have a live show um, on Halloween and we asked the callers to call in and tell it it was a Christian show like what's your opinion about Halloween and people had all kinds of conversation on you know some people thought it was like literally evil that people dressed up some people thought it was the best idea ever and it was innocent and it was just about candy and and you know my co-hosts and I were kind of had hashtags for like which side was winning based on how many callers and how well they articulated their argument and then this one guy called in and he changed the way I view Halloween forever and he said this is my most evangelistic night of the year I go all out. I have adult snacks. I have adult drinks. I sit on the front porch the whole time. I keep a notebook behind me and I write down kids' names and which house they live in. And and I, and I, I make conversation on purpose and write down what I remember about my neighbors so that when I see them a little bit later at Thanksgiving or Christmas, I can say something informed about in my greeting with them about how their child is doing or how you know whatever it is that I can bring up again from our our exchange and then I try to build on that at Christmas and then when the spring happens and people are out in their yards again I remember their their children's names I remember what's happening in their life and he's like it's like it's like a springboard to year-round evangelism and after he hung up my coast and I had this conversation about this idea of being convicted. And I said, I'm feeling convicted right now that I've thought about this holiday in a way that was about me or what I wanted or what it looked like to other people. I forgot to think about it and ask God, could you use even something as simple as a holiday to advance your kingdom? And I I think that kind of question is the kind of question we're sitting on here in day five, this idea of like, God, I have patterns, I have habits, I have ways of thinking do do you want to break any of those do you want to somehow reshape me and if you do i don't have to feel guilty because i've done something bad in the past you you promised me in your bible i don't have to feel guilty i don't have to feel shame because i actually think i am bad because of things i've done i can just sense your conviction your gentle change shift and prodding for me to let go of something that i've believed before and embrace something that you have for me now and that that is the crux of this day five conversation. Yeah, I, I have a, you know, first thing I thought of, I, a bunch of years ago, this is now many years ago, I I was, tried to do something clever with an email, like almost manipulative. And, and I sent an email to a group of people and instantly that email broke relationship with some good friends of mine that were also working with us uh, on staff back to back. And, um, and our relationship was broken. I was frustrated what I said probably wasn't wrong, but it was manipulative. It was, it was, I intended to, to, to make something happen. So, and I, and it wasn't thoughtful and, it, but it wasn't like, 
wasn't like I said anything horrible about anybody or anything, but but it was definitely it was definitely sin on my part, and and I was oh in that moment it's so easy to justify. Oh right? like, yeah, I was angry just, and I was frustrated, and I was like, oh, not, this is this is on it's them. It's not that big of a deal. They're overreacting. What all those things? Yeah. And but like you know, it took me a while to get convicted though. Like I I was prideful defensive at first mm-hmm. but after a season i mean it was a season i i was spending time with the word uh, with the lord and the word and, and and i and i was praying and i was praying for the for for them and i i felt the prompting i yeah. felt the prompting of the holy spirit to say you need to call him mm-hmm. and i remember where i was we were in our bedroom in monterey i was on the phone and i called him and i and i asked for the forgiveness mm. and i and i i was i was i don't cry cry often but i was i was pretty pretty shook up about it because i was like this is on me to let something like this break relationship and let it stand between a strong relationship it was and uh and so it was that it was that conviction it was it was deep conviction not like hey you suck todd it, that would be shame but it was more oh god i need to make this right and the way, only way to make this right is to ask for forgiveness i like you know at back to back we do um a lot of trauma training and we talk a lot about trauma principles and those trauma principles are designed and trained for people who are working with children who have a trauma history but a lot of those principles um are really helpful in everyday kind of relationships and one of the principles that we teach is called um redo that when when you're parenting or interacting with a child in your classroom or in a community center or wherever, and that child has an initial reaction that's not okay, you know, they, they're disrespectful or they're disobedient or whatever, instead of just pouncing on that behavior and, you know, using your authority and being punitive or whatever, you just take a beat and say, would you like a redo? And that gives the child a signal that their first reaction was um, undesirable, and they now have a chance to take a minute to take a deep breath and have a better response. It also works in marriage pretty good, too. I was just going to say, we use it all the time. You might say, you want to redo it multiple times a week. I mean, we were were on a walk the other day, and you said something I didn't like, and I was like, "Um, would you like a redo on that? And, and, and wait, in that moment, I'm no joke. I'm thinking, okay, what does anyone want to do? Like, yeah. it's it's there's a there is a pause there to say, you know what? I probably shouldn't have said that the way, or I or I need to say sorry faster, and whatever it is. But um, yeah, I, I it, it, that works. And I think I think that principle of redo is how we stay in the land of conviction and off the islands of guilt and shame, because guilt and shame is like man. You blew it, and there is no way out of this. And now you're gonna you're gonna hold on to this poor choice forever. In fact, it's gonna weigh you down. And this idea that God gives us things like grace, and that He sometimes gives us a chance to actually to redo. I mean, certainly, in in the case that you are referencing, you hurt somebody, and you had to go back and and try to make things right with them. But I mean, with God, He has this perpetual, unending bank account we can draw from of grace and he's like you know hey we'll try again later like we'll try again tomorrow we got this and there's something so freeing about worshiping a god who wants to give us that kind of chance you know and i think this is uh this is an area i struggle with because i don't give myself a lot of grace mm-hmm. uh, and just you know th- going back to the enneagram like we talked about in a previous episode you know you're seven on the enneagram there's you know it's it's fun. You be enthusiastic. Yeah, you wake up with a smile on your face that God loves you. Sunshine I wake up thinking, every day, Uh-oh. rainbows, unicorns. Yeah, exactly. But I think I think that depending what kind of personality you are, depending on 
you know, your belief system, your previous belief system before you became a Christ follower or whatever, it it does impact the way you receive God's grace. And so you the understanding and, and realizing and sitting in truth yeah. helps me. Yeah. Because it, cause I, the natural thing for me to do, honestly, is to beat myself up about something hmm. instead of saying, okay, I'm going to step in and lean into God's grace. Tomorrow's a new day. or The next minute's a new minute. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think also... Um, this idea that we've been taught about the enemy, um, we've been taught that he's going to pounce on our poor choices and we'll never be free from them again. Like, like you messed up and now it's never going to get any better. Like it's always going to be different. And frankly, you and I could testify to a couple of storylines. I mean, I can testify to a storyline where I was falsely accused by someone on staff of something. And in the aftermath of that accusation, which wasn't true, but did damage nonetheless, I thought, I'm never going to be, it's never going to be the same with this group of friends. It's never going to be the same on this place. Like this all just got ruined. And, and this idea that we talk about in day five is like, actually, God. I mean, Genesis 50 says he uses all things for his good. And Jeremiah, he talks about extracting the precious from the worthless. Paul has a couple of New Testament examples of his own. He can actually take even the things that we do wrong and build on top of them until they're stronger. And the relationship I have today with the person who once upon a time falsely accused me is stronger than it ever was before then. Because as we worked our way back to each other and back to relationship we demonstrated to one another that they were worth it the other person was worth it and i think conviction leads you to places where strength happens as a result where guilt and shame separates you into places where things aren't ever the same again right isolation more isolation yeah, yeah. And, and then you sit in your own sin yeah and i think i think asking ourselves the question when we feel frankly crappy about something that we've done or something someone else has done if we can ask ourselves, what's my what's my role in this? Where do I get a redo? What can I do differently? How can I confess my sin? How can I acknowledge this conviction? How can I stand away from the guilt and shame that wants to hold me down? And how can I be in anticipation of what God wants to do next? That's the principle that frankly inoculates us from the kind of activity the enemy wants to infect us with. Well, and I think in, in relationship, it takes both of us mm-hmm. to do that. Like, so, I mean, think about... You know, we're married, so you know, twenty-eight years. There, we've had a handful of disagreements. Some you of think them, so? some of them, we're this both, week, we're both very, very, very strong-willed and opinionated. But, but in those in those moments, you know, I have there have been moments I thought, oh, this is this is never going to get better. Yeah. Or, we're, we're never going to get around this. We're never going to get around it. And and if you don't have the same perspective of sitting in God's grace not sitting in the shame or the blame or whatever that might be the same that I have. If we don't both go there at the same time, we won't, we won't ever get out of it. I think you're right. But I would add to that, that sometimes one of us is stronger than the other. Like one, sometimes one of us is like willing to do all the hard work. The other one is not, not, not like not so interested in doing the hard work Yes, because there's a lot of power in being right there's a lot of power in feeling like the victim there's a lot of power in holding your grudge and there's a release of power that has to happen and sometimes one or the other of us will lead the other one out of that land of pouting into a land of grace i may or may not be the 
difficult one in that situation. <laughs> not always. <laughs> Definitely not always. Oh, okay. Good conversations going on here at the Punch First Podcast. Thanks for being with us on day five, and we'll see you tomorrow for day six. Day six.